1: written by about 40 different authors living on several different continents from several nations, including Palestine, Babylon, Greece, Rome, Asia Minor, and perhaps Arabia. They wrote in different languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. They were separated in time by some 16 centuries, and yet the Bible tells the same story from beginning to end.
0: The way that God preserves His Word and keeps it pure It's really quite remarkable, isn't it? Hi there. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Today, we are back in our series, The Bible Can Be Trusted. We invite you to spend time with us as we explore God's Word and the infallibility word at that. Here's Pastor Leighton, today's program.
1: Jesus said in Matthew five seventeen, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Now, when he uses the definitive article, the, he made it clear to his audience that he was speaking about the law of God, the word of God, the Bible, the scriptures. The iota is the smallest letter of the Greek alphabet. So he's saying not even the smallest letter has no value. It will come to fruition. It will come to pass. And the dot literally means a little horn. It's like a serif. You know, when we have computers today, we have serif fonts and sans serif fonts, all it is is a seraph, but it was used to distinguish one Hebrew letter from another. So even the smallest letter or the smallest part of the smallest letter was inspired by God and is the word of God. Jesus taught everything in God's word down to the smallest part with, was God's word. Now this is also an example of how the New Testament is tied to the Old Testament. We have some people that come in, they're new to their faith, they're being baptized, they're just opening the Bible and trying to find their way around. They're they're new in their walk of faith. And they read and they hear about this New Testament and Old Testament. And we can have a, a tendency to think that since part of the Bible is called old, it must mean antiquated, that it's been replaced by the new. But that's not what it means. It's not old because it's antiquated, and it's not new because it's replaced the old. Jesus said in the New Testament, I have not come to abolish the Old Testament. So then what's the distinction between books that are found in the Old Testament and the New? Well, I invite you all to turn in your Bibles to the table of contents. And while you do that, I'm going to read uh, something that was written by Dr. James Kennedy concerning the Bible. He says, the Bible's name actually means book of books. For it is not only one book, it is 66 books in one. The Bible is a library of love letters from God written by about 40 different authors living on several different continents from several nations including Palestine, Babylon, Greece, Rome, Asia Minor, and perhaps Arabia. They wrote in different languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. They were separated in time by some 16 centuries And yet the Bible tells the same story from beginning to end. There's a golden thread that weaves through it. It begins in the book of Genesis, in a garden, in paradise, where we find the tree of life. We end in the book of Revelation, again in the paradise of God, where there is found the tree of life. In the beginning, man is driven out because of his sin and forbidden to eat of the tree. In the end, he is invited to come in. And partake of that tree, that he might live forever. We began in a garden where there was a river. We end up in a paradise where there is a river that flows from the throne of God. The same doctrines are taught throughout the Bible. The same person, Jesus Christ, is a central theme of the Bible. It's about him. It builds to his coming, describes it, and interprets what it means. The golden thread is the redemption of sinful man by the grace of God, through faith in the shed blood of the Redeemer. Now, as we look at the table of contents, the first thing we observe is that the 66 books are divided into two major categories, Old Testament and New Testament. And simply, what distinguishes the books of the Old Testament from the New Testament is when they were written. The books of the Old Testament were written before the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The books of the New Testament were written after the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament books are God's word to us saying, I am going to send you a Savior, and so you, that you know where to look, I'm going to describe Him for you. I'm going to tell you where He was born, well, he, where He will be born, in Bethlehem. I'm going to describe His ministry and his, the healings. I'm going to describe his crucifixion, centuries before crucifixion, had even become a reality. And I'm going to describe to you his resurrection. So that for you who are looking, you'll know who to look for. And those all described Jesus. And the books of the New Testament were referring back to how Jesus described how it fulfilled the Old Testament. In fact, Matthew, many times in his gospel, writes, and this was to fulfill, and then he references an Old Testament passage that foretold how the coming Messiah would be identified. Now, you notice that the books are not organized chronologically, but rather categorically. For instance, many believe that the Old Testament book of Job was actually written long before the others, and yet we find the first book referenced in the Old Testament called Genesis. The name Genesis means beginnings, and the book of Genesis describes the beginnings. How is it that we came into this present estate? And so it's a logical place to begin, the book of Genesis. And in the New Testament, some of the scholars believe that some of the epistles were written as early as 45 or 50 A.D., before the Gospels were written. And yet the New Testament begins with the Gospels. The Gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. Why? Because these books contain the eyewitness accounts of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And based on these testimonies, the other books follow. The book of Acts describes the early church, the history of the early church. The book of Romans and the books that follow interpret and apply what was taught and modeled in the Gospels. And the book of Revelation describes the conclusion of this present age. Now, we're out of time today, but when we gather together, should the Lord tarry, next week we're going to continue looking at our statement of faith. The Bible is therefore without error in its original manuscripts. God has supernaturally preserved the Bible, mountains of evidence to that, and it is the sole and final authority for faith and life, providing encouragement, guidance, comfort, and instruction for training in righteousness. Now, as I mentioned earlier, our congregation is planning on reading through the Bible, in the order that the Bible is provided for us from Genesis to Revelation. And by so doing, we will be spiritually well-nourished because, as Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And furthermore, we will develop more accurate biblical worldviews in the process. Now, there are going to be some obstacles that come up. We just know that they are, and one of them is time. People are busy these days and places to go and people to see. There have been other ministries in the church that have done a read-through-the-Bible leap. Ministries did it in three months. It was a bit challenging, and some of those ladies were reading 45 and 60 minutes a day. But our schedule is to read the Bible through in nine months, not three. So it'll take, take a typical reader 15 to 20 minutes a day. It's not a matter of time. It's a matter of priority. There might be people who say, well, I don't really believe that the Bible is God's Word. Well, we're going to talk about evidences, additional evidences, internal and external, that, of why we can believe that the Bible is the Word of God in the week or weeks to come. I will say this. There are some of you who might say, well, I just can't wait to get this information. I'm going to take all kinds of notes, and I've got this person at work or this family member who doesn't believe the Word of God, is, is, that Bible is the Word of God, and so I'm just going to pound them with evidence. Let me suggest to you that a person who refuses to believe will refuse to believe regardless of the amount of evidence that you can give them because their hearts are not interested in the truth. Uh, There's a matter of reading difficulty. You know, some of us uh, use some of the older translations, and they might be difficult to read. King James is a beautiful translation. Uh, It was translated in the time of Shakespearean English, the uh, Queen's English. Uh, It can be very rewarding, very enriching, and it's it's easier to memorize because of its style. Um, But not many of us sit down every night to have some light reading in Shakespeare. And so it can be a difficult translation to read. We're going to talk about translations as well in the weeks to come. We have found that the easiest to read and yet most theologically accurate translation is the New Living Translation, the New Living Translation. And so uh, we as a church family have uh, purchased some. They're not available today, but next week they will be. And so if you want to take one of those, it, it, it's, uh, it's easier to read than King James and uh, and that will be available starting next week. Also, you can go online. And uh, there are iTunes uh, stores that uh, you can get the Bible in, in various translations. There are ways online of having the Bible read to you. So you can actually sit down with your Bible and have it read to you as you read along. That's an, uh, another possibility as well. And uh, there's another uh, obstacle that some of us will deal with, and that is obedience or More precisely, disobedience. Um, There's an old saying, I don't know where it came from, but uh, the saying is this. This book will keep you from sin. Or, sin will keep you from this book. And there's going to be some among us who are not going to want to open the book and read it because they've got a sin in their life and they don't want to deal with that particular sin. They don't want to be confronted with that sin, so they're not going to open the Bible. And they're not likely, if you were to ask them why they're not reading, they're not likely to tell you because there's sin in their life. You know, it's just not something we do. So they'll give you one of the other excuses or make something else up. But you need to consider that, whoever you might be, as uh, as a matter of obedience
0: being reminded that we are to master the Bible until it masters us. This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Layden Sheely from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno. We invite you to stop by our website, get to know us a little bit. There's a lot of information there and a chance to listen to previous programs. Highlands.us, that's where you'll find us on the web. Again, Highlands.us. You'll find out about us here at Study Verse by Verse and Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Stop by today and we'll see you tomorrow as we continue our series, The Bible Can Be Trusted, on Study Verse by Verse.